0: I had my own ideas about God and then I had... um, the ideas that I thought were imposed on me. I believe in God. I believe that everything you do comes back to you. I think I believe in the innate goodness of people and the importance of that.
1: Welcome to the Retrospective Perspective with Jeremy Ariel Diaz. I want to thank you for tuning in and checking out what I have to say on pop culture and art and its debt to itself. God in the Grooves is a series of episodes that analyze an album born from an artist's spiritual rebirth or existential curiosity. The Queen of Pop herself has two dedicated albums that exemplify this theme, plus a handful of various album cuts written with reverence to a higher power. But today, we'll discuss Madonna's first foray into the subject, with an album Rolling Stone deemed in 1989 as being as close to art as pop gets, like a prayer. Madonna gained fanfare in the early 80s by espousing a post-disco sound that proved successful at clubs and on the radio. But she wouldn't gain notoriety until around 1984, when her song, Like a Virgin, caused enough salacious buzz to set her on the path to becoming the official queen of controversy. Picture it, or YouTube it. Madonna prostrating herself on the stage of the first ever VMAs, singing lyrics about mind-blowing lovemaking that makes her feel like she's doing it for the very first time and, to add insult to injury, reveling in these antics, all while wearing a lily-white wedding dress. The moment lives in pop culture infamy, but it wouldn't be the last time she'd pay irreverence to sacramental imagery. A few years after that, she'd perform Papa Don't Preach in front of images of Pope John Paul II juxtaposed with those of Ronald Reagan and some of the darker moments in world history, giving the song a sardonic and condemning undertone. Once again, she added insult to injury by dedicating the performance to the Pope himself while in Italy. When he urged Italian fans to boycott her concert, it marked Madonna's first butting of heads with the Vatican. Madonna was fearless. But notoriety aside, controversy, fame, and even album sales were not enough to garner true critical acclaim for her music. And Madonna understood this.
0: I have to listen to um, the criticism that I get. When, it's, when they're dealing with my, with my work and uh, it's beneficial. I, I guess I don't take criticism very well, but it's getting better. And if I do something and everybody and there's 100 people in the room and 99 people say they liked it, I only remember the one person who didn't like it.
1: She sought to dive deep within herself to make an album that was both true to form, but also a clear stepping stone in her career to evolve from pop star to fully fledged artist. By the beginning of 1989, Madonna's life unraveled in a way that would force her to be introspective, whether she sought it or not. She divorced from actor Sean Penn after four years of a physically and emotionally abusive marriage. Madonna had also recently become 30 years old, the same age her mother was when she passed away due to breast cancer. In this time of existential crisis, it's only natural that she'd search for a higher purpose or understanding of life. But her search, however, only seemed to lead her to turmoil. Quote, Once you're a Catholic, you're always a Catholic. In terms of your feelings of guilt and remorse and whether you've sinned or not, sometimes I'm racked with guilt when I needn't be. And that, to me, is left over from my Catholic upbringing. Because in Catholicism, you are born a sinner and you are a sinner all of your life. No matter how you try to get away from it, the sin is within you all the time. Unquote. Madonna, Rolling Stone, 1989. Not being able to find solace in the only faith she'd known in her 30 years of living, she chose to dive into the more uncomfortable parts of her existentialism, posing questions about God, sex, love, and family. She claimed, quote, In the past, I wrote a lot of songs that revealed my inner self, but I felt they were too honest or too frightening or too scary, and I decided not to record them, unquote. But just as Madonna challenged conservative America in the 80s and challenged the prototypical norm for a female pop singer in the music industry, Madonna was becoming an artist who would also challenge herself. She began using her personal journals and diaries as a reference point for singing. She began asking, quote, What was it I wanted to say? I wanted the album to speak to things on my mind. It was a complex time in my life, unquote. As a result, Madonna capped off the decade with the Like a Prayer album. The record represents Madonna stepping into a holy confessional and bearing her innermost musings and desires, mind, body, and soul. And if you could imagine, she somehow did it all simultaneously. She stated, quote, Like a Prayer is about the influence of Catholicism in my life and the passion it provokes in me. The songs are about an assimilation of experiences I had in my life and my relationships, unquote. As a way to externally convey the maturation she experienced internally, she dyed her hair brown for the album artwork. I feel more grounded when I have dark hair, she said at the time. Jettisoning the bleach blonde hair she's known for was something she would echo on Like a Prayer's spiritual successor, Ray of Light, in 1998, and the politically inflammable American Life, in 2003. Though you can find images of this brunette, sophisticated Madonna on the back cover and pamphlet of the record, The Like a Prayer front cover itself, however, pays homage to the cover of the Rolling Stones album Sticky Fingers, 1971, which featured a close-up of a penis bulge imprinted on the front of skin-tight jeans. On Like a Prayer, however, instead of a bulge, one sees what are possibly the tail end of prayer beads hanging over Madonna's suggestively unzipped jeans, further advertising the album's contrast of religion and sex. Upon release of the title track and its incendiary video, Madonna endured another bout of tension with the Catholic Church, whose leaders demanded she be excommunicated. The first of three times this would happen in Madonna's career. Track one, Like a Prayer. The song begins with a distressed guitar lick, played by Prince. As we hear a door crash, we're shut into the confessional booth with Madonna. The song begins, When you call my name, it's like a little prayer. I'm down on my knees. I want to take you there. In the midnight hour, I can feel your power. Just like a prayer, you know I'll take you there. Listening casually to the lyrics, it's easy to miss the double entendre at play here. As gospel music giant Andre Crouch did when he agreed to provide his choir for the song after inspecting the lyrics and finding nothing suggestive about them. At closer inspection, we realized that the song could either tell one of two stories. That of a woman in communion with a higher power, or that of a woman so deep in the throes of passion, it almost feels like worship. The video solidifies this narrative, as it depicts Madonna offering prayers to the statue of a black saint who is stirred to life and then makes love to her. As one contemporary reviewer put it, quote, Only those who come to the music and lyrics with a grim determination to find prurience and blasphemy can miss, and then with considerable effort, the god hunger that animates them, unquote.
0: People who are really, if they're really passionate and they really are, have an open mind, and they really watch closely, I think that the video has a very positive message and that they wouldn't find fault with it. The passion is, it, there's something almost sexual about it, really. I mean, if you want to get really psychoanalytical about it. Um, but, you know, the the, the video was very, um, I, I think it had a very positive message. Right. It was about it was about um, overcoming racism and overcoming the fear of of, of telling the truth, of getting, you know, so many people witness crimes and they're Mm -hmm. they're afraid to get involved because it will only bring them trouble. They're afraid to stand out on a limb and stand up for someone else. I think it had a lot of positive messages. I mean, it's a very taboo subject to have an interracial relationship, you know what I mean? Um, And... The idea of that kind of joyousness in the church, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it dealt with a lot of taboos and, um, and it made people afraid. And I think the people who reacted negatively to it were afraid of their own feelings that they have about those issues.
1: The Catholic Church wasn't buying it. Pressure from the Vatican to boycott the singer's music led to her brand deal with Pepsi Cola being terminated and her ad featuring the song removed from television. Madonna had once again pushed the limits, but this time it led more directly to thought-provoking discourse. Do discussions surrounding sex and faith need to be mutually exclusive? Just like art and pop music, at the time, that was believed to be the case. But, as one can guess, Madonna cared little for convention, and even less so about who she was offending, especially in regards to her artistic integrity. Despite all of this analysis, Madonna simplified the crux of Like a Prayer to, quote, a song of a passionate young girl so in love with God that it is almost as though he were the male figure in her life." As we'll continue to see, this is indeed the recurring theme of the album as a whole. How her family life, her love life, and her spiritual life have all influenced and affected one another. This was her quest to sever the ties. Track 2, Express Yourself. Express Yourself continues the album's song cycle of gospel funk and choral backing vocals the intention was to emulate the energy of evangelical church worship of the 60s. Lyrically, Madonna continues her double narrative of the love of man versus the love of God. She stated, quote, The theme of Catholicism runs rampant through my album. It's me struggling with the mystery and magic that surrounds it. My own Catholicism is in constant upheaval, unquote. This feminist manifesto that proclaims the belief that all can be yours in love and sex When you simply ask, finds its spiritual equivalent in the words of Christ. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. That's why when she says what's needed is a big strong hand to lift you to higher ground, a booming voice thunders, you'll never come down. Track three, Love Song. Are you wasting my time? Madonna asks poignantly. Her doubt in the object of her affection and worship deepens here. Prince once again joins her in the lament for failure in faith. God struck me down if I did you wrong. This is not a love song. Prince historically had his own tug of war between being a progressive slash regressive sex symbol and following the tenets of his own religion, the Jehovah's Witnesses. So the two singers relate on more levels than one. Foreshadowing Madonna's mega hit, Hung Up, they sing. Time goes by so slowly for those who wait. Those who run seem to have all the fun. Is pursuing this person worth it to her? Nowhere to go, nowhere to hide. That's how I feel, don't fog my mind. Seems like she can't escape him. Track four, Till Death Do Us Part. In one of her most unguarded songs, Till Death Do Us Part recounts the autobiographically brutal episodes with her ex-husband. She remembers her vows and shows us what they've amounted to, one of the many sacraments she likely regrets. Madonna has said of track 8, Oh Father, that it's a song dedicated not just to her actual father, but to the other men in her life, that being God and her ex-husband. Till Death Do Us Part, along with the rest of the album, can be viewed similarly, as a catharsis on the familial, marital, and spiritual levels. This song is an elegy for her faith in all relationships, including the one she has with God. Track 5, Promise to Try. By the end of Side A, we've reached the innermost depths of Madonna's psyche, where we meet her inner child. In Promise to Try, Madonna asks herself to try and move on from childhood traumas, particularly the pain of losing her mother when she was five years old. Does she see me cry when I stumble and fall? Does she hear my voice in the night when I call? This yearning for maternal comfort can be seen as mirroring that of prayers to the Virgin Mary. Regardless, this loss may have been the root cause of Madonna's struggle for faith, hope, and love in her everyday life. Track 6, Cherish. The opening of Side B shows us a more positive Madonna, albeit one who is still childlike. She aims to try to believe in something more than just romance, while the doo-wop gospel-inspired backing track speaks truth to power. She sings to her object of desire, Give me faith, give me joy, my boy, I will always cherish you. Track 7, Dear Jessie. Dear Jessie is a song with adult themes cloaked in a children's song, in the same vein as The Beatles' Yellow Submarine. The Baroque pop track takes us into the absurdly camp as Madonna, one of the quintessential sex symbols of the 80s, loses herself in her inner child. Pink elephants and lemonade, candy kisses on a sunny day. The disassociative escapism is palpable at this point in the narrative. The pain of divorce, of childhood trauma, and of a crisis of faith seem to be as far away as possible while she's in the land of make-believe. But for how long can the illusion last? Track 8, Oh Father. Dear Jessie, the brightest track on the album, seamlessly fades into the most dismal track. No longer being able to hide behind a facade, Madonna finds herself at the emotional centerpiece of the album's narrative, "O oh Father. Madonna has described the song as the second part of her foreboding hit, Live to Tell, as both songs deal with the need to be free from secrets. Just as the Bible says, confess your sins so that you may be healed. She sings, I prayed for your anger to end. Oh, Father, I have sinned. You can't hurt me now. You once had the power. I never felt so good about myself. As previously mentioned, Madonna has stated that this song is about all of the male figures in her life. Here, she reconciles her tempestuous relationships and is finally healed by being able to forgive. Her father, for his stoic neglect after the death of Madonna's mother. Her ex-husband, for his failure to protect and willingness to harm her. And God, for allowing it all to happen. You never wanted to live that way. Why am I running away? Track 9, Keep It Together. And keep it together, Madonna is ready to tie up loose ends by realizing that blood is thicker than any circumstance, another allusion to biblical imagery. She's ready to reconcile her childhood woes. Track 10. Pray for Spanish Eyes. Pray for Spanish Eyes is believed to be about the friends Madonna lost to the AIDS epidemic. As she lights a candle for those she's lost, she cries out, If there is a Christ, he'll come tonight. What kind of life is this, if God exists? then help me pray for Spanish eyes. The penultimate song on the album shows Madonna once again having a crisis of faith as she is unable to reconcile faith in an omnipotent God in the face of death on this mass scale. How many lives will they have to take, she sings. Initial pressings of the Like a Prayer record were intentionally scented with patchouli oil undertones to simulate church incense, but it also came with an insert that provided safe sex guidelines and warnings about the dangers of AIDS rounding off the album's themes of sex, faith, and death. Track 11, Act of Contrition. The album closes with Madonna's most experimental track up until that point. Samples of Like a Prayer are interpolated and played in reverse, resulting in an otherworldly and sinister soundtrack to Madonna's recitation of the Act of Contrition. The culminating chaos crescendos as we hear what sounds like Madonna being rejected at the gates of heaven. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out The Retrospective Perspective on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for all updates regarding new episodes and to join in on the conversation.